Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Minute Tim's flagship episode 326. It's the Christmas special, and I'm your ho 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 <laughs> Jamie, and I'm joined by Mary Martin Melly. Yes. And Snowy Stephen Arbuckle. <laughs> Have yourselves a 20 minute Tim's Lovely. This is the we're back. We are back yeah. live and in colour for people watching us on YouTube. It's not live. It's, it's what's what's the what does live mean? The difference between live and recorded, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> so we've been doing this this long and I don't know um, on, before we even get anywhere we need to talk about the thrilling action of the weekend possibly one of the best games that you've ever seen Stephen what did you think of it? Well on a weekend where we had genuinely one of the most thrilling encounters in sporting history mm. two teams going out there leaving it all on the line for the pride of the fans world class players dragging their teams along mm. with them big time, big and then time. the next day the World Cup final is <laughs> on as well <laughs> ah, that Christmas banter yeah. to kick us off with there. I wonder what the Aberdeen players thought watching that performance <laughs> in the World Cup final I mean it would be stupid to do a football podcast and not talk about what was probably Melly, the greatest World Cup final of all times oh it was tremendous and uh, uh, listening to the, the phone in today when you two were on on Friday I was catching up and he said about sometimes in football there's no fairy tale I think you said yeah, it Stephen because yeah. everybody thought that Messi winning it would seal him being the greatest of all time and just when the game was going it went 2-0 and you're like oh, he's going to do it he's going to mm. do it he's dragged this team over the line and then when France came back you're like oh there's a new there's a new man wanting that thrown from him but then going into extra time it was just class it was a great game of football just absolute entertainment a bit different from Pataudry. No, you bit that. It was one of the. It was genuinely one of the best matches, football matches I've ever watched. And see, just the emotion of all the Argentina players. De Maria having a full scale oh. meltdown on the bench, man. You could see how much it meant to these guys. And I think the whole world basically wanted Messi to win it because it does end, doesn't it? The greatest of all time conversation. I mean, the, the World Cup is not a very useful way to determine who which footballers no. are the best because you're sort of beholden to the country you're in. You can't really help that. However, when the margins are that slim between him and Ronaldo and one of them needs to find some way of some point of difference that just ends the conversation forever. And that's what I loved about it. It's It was that whole team were fighting for Leo Messi. You could tell how much it meant to every single one of them. And when, when he wins it, you're just like, a ah, conversation over. It's done. He completed football. I think Sid Lowe, that's what Sid Lowe wrote yeah, in the Guardian. Yeah. Wrote, Leo Messi completed football and that he did. Yeah, and it's it's also completely absurd to boil it down to, you know, the, the previous thousand games that Messi has been near untouchable, mm. near peerless in football for you know, 15 years or whatever. A thousand, literally a thousand games coming into the, the World Cup. It boils down to the result of a penalty shootout as to whether he is the greatest of all time yes. or not. That's <laughs> nonsense. But if you, if you the want, one thing people can hold yeah, against, if you insist on that being the margin, as you say, if you insist on that being the difference between him and Maradona, because Maradona had won it, and the the chat was always that he had done it single handedly and all that. Like, well, Messi's just dragged guys for Aston Villa and Brighton and all that to, yeah. the, to the World Cup with him. So for me, it's not it's not a debate. But on the game itself, it was it was an 
I think it's the best final I've ever seen. As mm. a neutral, of course, yeah. from a neutral's point of view, I think it's the best final I've ever watched because in terms of drama or you know, swings and all that, I think really only the 1999 Champions League probably comes close. Yeah. yeah the Liverpool and AC Milan yeah. one, yeah. The, the, those two are probably the only ones that come close, but particularly the fact that these finals are very often disappointing as well. They're all, I mean, it did go to penalties, but it was very different to how finals, finals usually go, yeah. and it's nil-nil, and then it goes to penalties, and it's a bit of a, a damp squid. As the last say. Euros was pretty funny this way. Ah, well, but the, I was convinced, though, that see when France came back into it, I was convinced that after everyone was already writing the headlines that Messi's finally done it, I was convinced that France were going to win it in penalties and he was going to miss his. I thought that mm. this, that's going to be the end of him. I was gutted. See the balls in that kid? <laughs> just rolls it past you. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Yeah, well, Messi has famously, the way Messi plays, and I think we can all broadly agree, very good at football and ah, once, once again mm. demonstrated at this World Cup. But the famously the way he plays is that he never has to do anything ostentatious when he's dribbling. Mm. It's all just just faints and you know drops of his weight and all that. And he kind of did it for a penalty. Yeah. Well. He just waited for the keeper to move and just rolled it straight <laughs> past him. It's, it, it was a perfect sna like sort of snapshot of the way he's played football his entire career. Mm. I was going into extra time. I thought France in the ascendancy here, and then when Messi gets the goal, you think, no, that that might be it. And then France get back in it. But I think Martinez just showed like what. A Last keeper is that mm. save and what could have been the last kick of the yeah, ball yeah. and then what was he doing with that golden glove trophy though? <laughs> oh, no. I know. What's he doing, man? Over there as well. He'll come back when no, we won't have one. But uh, <laughs> then when the girl goes to penalties, you look at it and go, Hugo Lloris is like the Craig Gordon of France, isn't he? <laughs> he? Just doesn't save them. And Martinez is the Fraser Foster of France, where he's got a great record of saving penalties. So when it went to that, you thought, hey, just do it, but uh, just See Messi win it and all the scenes, it was just it was amazing, man. It was a weekend of talking points because after that final, right, everyone's talking about what that's a magnificent game, probably one of the best World Cup finals, one of the best football matches you've ever watched. It's, there was as much discourse about the Aberdeen Celtic <laughs> game, but it was just the other way. It was about quite rightly, Aberdeen were getting absolutely slaughtered for this approach they took. Pretty much unanimously. Um, yeah. in the pundits and everything. And we're talking, you know, guys like Michael Stewart, Willie Miller. Who else was there? Uh, Tom English and all mm. that. We're basically just unanimous. All the, <laughs> all the, all the, the brain trust, all the top <laughs> Scottish football minds. But in fairness, they, they absolutely nailed it at the weekend and Aberdeen's approach to it. it was, I think it was dismal, if I'm yeah. honest. An absolute Grinch, that Grinching yeah. that uh, they, they tried to do there. And we've been over this a number of times, particularly this season, talking about the approach of opposition teams when it comes to Celtic. And often we are misconstrued and misrepresented in what the point is we're trying to make here. It's never that we want people to open up and just let Celtic absolutely destroy them. That's not our point here because ultimately Celtic win the game anyway. Yeah. But we we often say, and I'm kind of fed up making the point now, um, it's up to really, it's not my place to do it. It's up to Aberdeen fans to to make their feelings known on what they saw at the weekend there. It's, it's you paid the us. money to go and watch that, I, which is unbelievable. Nails Nails us, oh, some a lot of seats. As oh, they well, often yeah. do, Celtic won anyway, right? Yeah. So I, I'm not going to complain about it from that perspective, but we have been over how, how pathetic it is to watch and how ultimately, right, and it may be a, been a little bit dramatic, but it's damaging to Scottish football's reputation to, mm. to play like that, to be the third best team to be the third biggest club in the country to have a, such a story history and I know all that, that doesn't really come into it on the but day we did make this point on the match reaction yeah, the patron yeah. reaction like there will be people Aberdeen are a, a, are a name that still means something course, yeah. sometimes and people will have been down south Saturday game like oh there's a game on Sky Aberdeen v Celtic that might be a good game people will have tuned in off the back of thinking that Aberdeen v Celtic was a worthwhile tie <laughs> yeah. to watch because that Aberdeen had some sort of reputation yeah, exactly so it's um, Ultimately, people will say, oh, who cares what English people think? But we do ultimately, I'm saying ultimately a lot there, but at the end of the day, we, we do want an audience for Scottish football because a greater audience means we can take it at this guy and say, look, we deserve more money here. Mm. But what we can't do is go cap in hand this guy and say, pay us loads of more money for that crap we're, yeah. we're serving up. But that's, that's the third biggest team in the country and that's how, how they approach it. And it's not really about impressing English pundits. Who cares about that? But who's more likely to watch and take an interest in Scottish football? Your average just football fan across the, the UK, right, the British mm. Isles and all that, or somebody in Germany or Spain or something like that. Right? We are kind of trying to make it a more, a, a sort of bigger UK market involved in our game because that's who's going to pay for it. It's going to mm. be Sky eventually. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's very, very disappointing. Again, 
we're, we're often misconstrued, so I'm wary of making the same point again about how teams, why don't you just try and win games rather than trying to draw? Because it's, Celtic won anyway. They, they won anyway. You get nothing. And I, I get all that's left to say on it is get it up you quite, yeah, oh, quite, honest, yeah. quite honestly because you got out of that game what you put into it and that was absolutely nothing and not a single bit more deserved was from it. That it, was a dismal display. It wasn't football. No, it, that, And that's that's the point. It's not like they went and they, they tried something really creative. Oh, it was really interesting how they creatively marked a certain Celtic player out of the game or Jim Goodwin done something quite ta tactically well there when they got the ball. There was none of that. It was just, I'll just stick 10 men across the 18-yard box and you try and score. And as Stephen said, Melly, you lose doing that anyway. It's... We made this point again, I'm repeating myself, but if you want to hear these points fresh and brand new and first immediately after the match, patreon.com slash 20 minute times is where you find match reactions, but it's, it's, it's not any less true. That tactic of low block worked for a period of time, sometimes for some teams against some Celtic teams. It doesn't work anymore. So you need to try something... That, you, managers, you need to try something else and you might as well attack because see that low block, anti-football I mean, low block suggests there's some sort of tactical nous involved or you, you, that, that anti-football approach gets you nothing against Celtic and managers now, the, you might as well attack because yeah, you might get a draw or you might get a win against Celtic one out of every 15, 20, 50 games, whatever but attacking, you might also get a win one out of every 20 or 50 games. It's I saw David Martindale talking about it, and we'll come to him in a minute, and he was like, well, Celtic scored in the 87th minute, so Aberdeen were a couple of minutes away from a win, and then, yeah, but there's no one then. Yeah, because they no, did no. the match is 95 minutes long. It doesn't matter if Celtic scored in the first minute or the 87th minute, because Celtic's approach doesn't change. Our approach is the same for the first minute at halftime, with five minutes to go, ten minutes to go, our approach is exactly the same. We try the same things, we keep pressing, we keep attacking, we keep trying to find openings, and eventually it comes. So you don't get a well done at 87 minutes, you were drawn. You get zero points, nothing. No, and that's what they deserve. Like they got nothing out of the game, not even a shot on target. And for the third place team in the country who weren't on bad form going into this, I know we had a break, but they were looking decent. They've got one of the top goal scorers in the league yeah, yeah. on their books. They went 3-5-2, but those strikers weren't there to attack Celtic. No, no. They were there just to stop their defenders having a lot of the ball. And a friend of mine, and you guys know him, he's been on the podcast, said, I think you were a bit harsh on Aberdeen. So I went, hmm, was I? Yeah. No, I wasn't harsh <laughs> enough for the third place team to get that. And watching it back, all Aberdeen had was one player ran and took a decent run at Celtic and won a free kick off Cameron Carter-Vickers. A soft free kick, mm. and they had a shot from that that went over the bar. That was it. Yeah, that was it. And when that guy was running through, bearing down on Celtic's defence, he had his strike partner ahead of him. And until the last second, not one Aberdeen player in shot, not one Aberdeen yeah. player in shot. And he's ran from That's his why own he hit half. The dick. That's why so he hit the dick. You're looking at it going, Where was the chances to score? Because mm. it was just one of those ones. See if we get a set piece, we might be able to grab something. Pathetic. Well, let's be absolutely clear about this as well, because Melly, you make a good point about how they've got players, they've got decent players in there. This is a team that are capable of going and scoring goals. Mm. They've demonstrated it all season. What they did was they chose not to. Yes. They, they, they very clearly and obviously chose not to bother. They have played quite well this season. They've scored a lot of goals. I mean, I think they've scored as many goals as Celtic at home or yes, something, something along yeah. those right. So they, they're obviously capable of it. What it was was a choice to not bother doing it. We're not talking about Livingston here. Yes, we have our complaints about Livingston and whoever else. St Mirren, no, oh, that's, that's a bad yes, example because well, they did yeah. beat Celtic. But we have our complaints about teams not trying to at least be, be in a, a contest with Celtic. But that, that can't apply to Aberdeen. I'm sorry. It can't be... It, it can't be that no team is capable of attacking or at least trying to trying to disrupt a team. That That's not what they're doing. They're just defending. And I, I can't help but wonder if this, that to me is the main difference between guys like Ange Postecoglou and uh, managers that we find in Scotland. It's not the resources. Granted, that is a part of it, right? Mm. Ange has, a, has access to a greater quality of player than these managers do, of course. But what Ange Postecoglou has pros, proven sorry, throughout his career is that he is capable of taking unfancied teams to greater success mm. than they were expected, right? But he's got the attitude, he's got the approach, he's got the belief, he's got the system in place and the unwavering belief in his players to go out and do that. What Jim Goodwin is doing 
is he's taken these players who have, as we have already said, have been in good form, they've been scoring goals, they've been getting points, they've been climbing up the table, and he's told them, right, you've done all this, but none of you are good enough to do that yeah. against Celtic, so therefore we're going to completely chuck that in the bin and play completely differently. Totally demoralise your team in the, in the completely fruitless chase of a point yeah. and, and nothing each draw because footballers and don't want to be playing that that way exactly and and again that, that, as I said this is the difference between Ange Postogoglu building a culture at a club and just being a manager and just chasing the odd point here and there which we seem to get in Scotland again I'm only talking about this game against Celtic I know they won't play like that against other teams mm. but I, again it's just it's just a, a very disappointing approach from such a, a, a big club Andrew always talks about even when it gets to the Champions League look make teams uncomfortable yes, make them uncomfortable yeah. and all season look Celtic have won a lot of games look, they've got the odd game we've won 9-0 we've dished out beatings but for a game that was only won by the one goal I've never felt Celtic were uncomfortable at all during the game not once no. we mm. always had a player free we always had a player willing to make a run we always had a man over it was as if it was a training game where you go right we're going to play against 12 players and see if we can break them down just to practice this because teams will sit in it almost felt like that Celtic, felt like Celtic had a man over every time yet Aberdeen absolutely nothing I mean, the only thing that was uncomfortable for Celtic was maybe us as fans that the, mm. the, gear, the goal hadn't come yet but the gear the goal <laughs> Uh, orange on it, the, the goal hadn't come yet so it's just wait we were just waiting on it and then when the goal goes in it's, it's no surprise is it it's no surprise it's like we can come in the 87th minute the 95th minute or the first minute because if it came in the first minute would Aberdeen change much no. probably not uh, just by the way we're giving each other presents because it's uh, oh, Christmas yeah. time we're not opening them yet we're going to open them uh, later on in the show we've bought each other presents we did a secret did we have so it's kind of it's not secret Santa but no. we did we do a limit I don't think we did a limit either so, but just for reals here, one of the presents that I've got you to, uh, kind of uneven, one's for Pata, but one of them, <laughs> one of them is really special and it better not <laughs> right. end up on eBay because I think you're really going to, I think you as the viewers are going to like this as well. God, I'm uncomfortable now, uh, <laughs> given what I've brought. Yeah, but, I put a lot of effort in. But see, see that, one final point on their on the approach as well, see that, aye, but see another three minutes and they might have got something. You can do that to any aspect uh, yeah. of the game you like. You could <clears> say, aye, but if Celtic had made better decisions, it would have been about 7-0. No, if, if they hadn't gotten to the edge of the box a few too many times and there was a wee bit of indecision, guys like Matt O'Reilly, maybe Turnbull when he came on as well, where they're getting to the edge of the box, it's just a sea of players in front of them and they're trying a through ball which eventually becomes half through ball, half shot and the keeper just picks it up. Yeah. There were so many of those. Hugo missed some chances again, which we, we might end up coming to, but... If any of these things had been better than Celtic were the one, so I'm not buying this. Aye, but you know, we were three minutes away from, from drawing. Oh, and it, congratulations. And it was the circumstances of it as well. After the break, going to Aberdeen, it's Baltic. Aberdeen, yeah. Aberdeen players before, uh, they would have known what the tactics were, but there must have been some thought somewhere going, this is probably our best chance to get points off Celtic. They've yeah. just, you know, they've got players away in international duty. They've got players just back from international duty. Nobody's played. It's, it's fucking freezing up here. <laughs> let's let's give them a horrible time of it. But as you said, Stephen, it was completely in pursuit of a single point. Yeah. That's all that's all they were after. Do you think Celtic were rusty though, Melly? Um possibly, but look, Aberdeen might have been the same and it's understandable. We've had a, a break here, we've only had one friendly, so it, it can be understandable that Celtic weren't quite up to scratch as well. Look, Looking at it on paper, it is probably the most difficult game out with Rangers in the league. Sometimes Hearts, but I think that's... I was worried about it. I was uh, worried about it. Coming back to that, yeah. The Hearts game can sometimes take care of itself because of the rivalry, whereas Aberdeen, if it's a chance for them, let's go out and play Celtic. We've been doing well recently, but they chose not to. And Mm. Celtic, yes, maybe. I think if we play that game in two weeks' time, Celtic destroy Aberdeen. It'll be 3 or 4-0. It'll be very dominant. I just think some things didn't click into place. The front three just didn't fall for us. But I think if Celtic get an early goal in the game, everything starts to flow again. But it was was one of those games where it felt like, ah, it might get away from us. But as soon as you get the goal, nah, that's fully deserved. It was the missed chances though, wasn't it? Like the Kyogo ones, you're you're looking at those going, we created some decent chances. And there's a, you're just thinking it's a wee bit of ring rust. It's that's all yeah, we need. Yeah. We just need to get back in the competitive swing of things, don't we? Yeah, Kyogo missed a couple of chances. One in particular that I remember. Uh, I think Abada had knocked that across, and he just didn't get anything quite on it mm. as he was uh, just a couple of yards out. The thing about Kyogo is though that you know he will 
harking back to scoring goals. Yoggers. Yeah, yoggers, <laughs> the, the little yoggers. And I'm, yeah. I'm wearing a, if you're only listening to audio here, I'm wearing a Japan national team-inspired Christmas That's jumper. It's really here. niche. Yeah, <laughs> so it's not... It's really niche. So yeah, Merry Christmas to the, the Japan national team. I'm wearing <laughs> that. Check out the video. Uh, Kyogo will be back to scoring goals very, very soon. Little yoggers. Uh, mm. But the thing about... It's, He's always missed chances, right? Yeah. This is from day one. This isn't something that has just kicked in. He hasn't really just dipped in form. The the trade-off here, the the rough with the smooth with Kyogo always has been, in my opinion, and in my experience with it, is that he scores a lot of goals and he's been brilliant for Celtic, but he does miss chances. Mm -hmm. he, he's, like, I'm talking day one here. He came in and started missing easy chances. But Do you think that's maybe why we ended up with him? Do you think yeah, maybe quite at, at his age he's not been picked up elsewhere? Yeah, quite. It's that's not a lot of criticism because yeah. that's how you know lots of players end up at Yeah, because we place a lot of stock in the fact that Ange knows that market and mm. knows knows the players from it. But so does everyone else. It's just that you know probably English teams are less intimate with the, with the players with the, how they play over there and would have to <laughs> come on. It's Christmas. Hey. <laughs> don't poison people's minds <laughs> with that. No smut at but Christmas. They, they, they don't. Um, they don't have the intimate knowledge of the players that Ange does, but they will be you know, on nodding terms with who the talented players yeah. in Japan are. It's not like some hidden market or anything like that. So th there is a possible, uh, is a possibility that some of the players we have signed in the last couple of years who are the, the 26, 27, 28-year-olds, it's because they've maybe been overlooked or, or, or have been passed on by, by some of these you know, kind of English teams who just sign loads of players and just loan them out. Kyogo is... To me, he's worth. He's still worth having around because he's he's, yeah. he's so he's so so he's good. Happy with that, isn't <laughs> he? He's so so good, and yes, he will continue to miss chances. It's a discussion we had recently about whether Celtic need another striker in, and I say, well, aye, it's always handy. It's always handy to have another one. It's always great to have another option in there. But especially with Yakimakis, yeah. seemingly wanting away. Oh, the, the thing is, yeah, well, yeah, there's that. But he misses chances as well. Mm. But uh, to me, bringing in another striker because Kyogo misses chances is kind of it's not really going to solve that because what you would need to do is never play Kyogo again because yeah. he, <laughs> because he, he it's not like you can. Like Kyogo's playing and playing brilliantly and he's scoring every every other week but you need to bring this guy on as like some sort of NFL kicker style yeah. to finish his chances <laughs> that, that's not how it works so that wouldn't solve the problem for me I think you just need to persevere with, with Kyogo and yeah if you if can bring another guy in then by all means It's that time of the year Your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Tis the season for clean balls. Fa la 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 la. <laughs> right. But our friends at Manscaped are helping you clear your driveway for safe travels this holiday season. From stocking stuffers to gift exchanges, Manscaped's products are the top of every wish list. Grab some crop mops for your pops or the shampoo for your boo. Be the star of gifting season and help all the men in your life go from eggnog to nice hog this December by going to manscaped.com and using code TIMS for 20% plus free shipping. Manscaped offers a handful of the liquid formulations, shampoos, body washes, upstairs and downstairs deodorant, gels, exfoliants, absolutely everything they could need to keep it clean. And why not top off the stocking with the crown jewel for their family jewels, the Lawnmower 4.0. The electric razor's advanced skin-safe technology is a life changer and known for reducing nicks and cuts on his Santa sack. It's just a ball sack trimmer from your podcast, mate, Jamie. That's right, get 20% off with free shipping with the code TIMS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code TIMS, Manscaped, for a perfect gift that will be the holiday's biggest hit. Would these make of this Yakimakis away chat? Uh, I can't understand it to be honest like he's came in at Celtic uh, an age I think he turned 28 last week was mm. it 28 years old his career's been up and down he's found a time in his career where he's going through probably beyond a purple patch now because he's been doing it for a couple of years but look, players are there to make the most of their careers I, I can understand it and this guy's came into Celtic done very well had a bit of a bad start done very well become a fan's favourite and scores goals and maybe look Teams look at him and go, do you know what, he could be effective for us. But when you look at him, he's very effective for Celtic, but sometimes he can look really bad, really mm. bad when he's dribbling the ball or that. So these guys are at Celtic for a reason, but technique-wise or quality-wise, but also Celtic for another reason and to try and See, I don't like move this. on. This but doesn't well, sit well with me, this... What well, do you spo- want? Some guys that are happy just to come to Celtic and stay there for I, seven, I, eight I know, years. I know it's the way it goes, but I just don't like how disposable all these players are sort of becoming. Like, I was just, I he comes and he leaves. I mean, he's barely. I think Yakimakis has barely made a mark at Celtic. I think there's work for him to do oh, there. Definitely, but you know I mean, I think I can see why he wants to leave. I understand the practicalities of it, but sometimes I'm like, you know, like Juranovic definitely made a mark. Yakimakis, I mean, he's not even really pushed himself to be first choice striker. No, but if you look at it, there's talk of him going in January, but. More I heard like, he's leaving because people still call him Yo Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't blame him. I yeah, do not blame him. As Stephen says, it's written on his shirt. <laughs> it's fair enough. So if, he's like, I'm sick of this. Geo yeah. Marcus constantly. <laughs> and I, I do not blame him. But if you're looking at it, like, what do we get out of players? Because two of the best players I've seen at Celtic in the last ten years are Dembele and, and Charlie Mulgrew. Well, no, never. <laughs> And Virgil van Dijk. We get two two seasons out of them. Mm. If Jakimakis leaves at the end of the season, that's two seasons. But because these guys are brilliant, we think it's all right for them to leave. But because Jakimakis isn't up there with one of our best players and our best performance, it's not all right for him to leave. I want players that want to come here and go, do you know what? I'm going to perform my best so I can get a move somewhere else. You want players that are hungry to go on for more because if they leave, it'll be because they've done well for big money that is. But if they're crap... We'd happily dispose of them, so it works both ways. Uh, well, it also works both ways as well, is that I'm under no illusions that Celtic will be very aware that he's, he's currently at his peak value that he's ever been at his, yeah. his in career. Yeah. And, and he's about to go over the other side of that as well, because yeah. as Mary said, he's turned 28. He is in prime last big move territory with that. So Celtic know that. I mean, we've got Peter Lowell back, Christ. He, right. he doesn't know the value of the player. So, <laughs> so he, he, this, maybe not this window, right? But I would understand that if he left in the summer, because in the summer he will be at his absolute peak value. Yep. Yeah. And Celtic would, in my opinion, Celtic would be crazy not to at least consider moving him on. If, if there's a, an offer that you know, quadruples, quintuples, his, if that's a word, mm. his value that Celtic paid for him, this this is the business we're in now. As much as it is unpalatable as it is to us fans, but we need to remember Ange has, has been trying to prepare us for this in some of his, I just his press wonder talk. How, I, I just wonder how realistic it is though, because so the idea that you bring in Yakimakis and you sell him for seven million and that or or ten million or whatever, but that allows you to move out of the four million pound bracket and buy the seven, eight, nine million pound bracket player, right? But to me that's the limit for Celtic. Yeah, probably. Because I don't think we're never going to get to the point where we're buying for 15 and selling for 40. No. That is that is re- rarely going to happen with Celtic because of the, the wages involved and the fact that these guys will get better offers and you know we simply just can't afford to meet their weekly wage demands. So part of me is like, well, are Celtic going to be forever around the four or five million pound mark with the occasional stretch to seven, eight, nine? And that's kind of where we are at the moment. So I just wonder if chasing this 
utopia where instead of doing things dramatically different than we're doing just now, we're suddenly in a, a, a higher echelon of buying and selling. I just wonder if sometimes you, you need to be careful what you wish for a wee bit. You know, you've got these players who are good, these players who are doing a job for you. Do you want to gamble on those and get more players in and spend a wee bit more to see if you can do better? Because as we've discovered, we sell players and we buy other players in for cheaper we very rarely notice the difference, and I'm like, oh, I just I, that's that's it. It's kind of be careful what you wish for a wee bit. Don't be so quick to just assume there's another Yakit. We can just go and buy another Yakit Marcus. No, there, no, there's, no. there's and, huge and, inherent risk in yeah. all of this year. There is that as well, but there's also the be careful what you wish for in that ten in a row season where you hang on to players far too long. Yeah, don't get as much money for them, and they're not playing for you. They're not playing I for you. I think that was yeah. I think you're right. That was ridiculous. Though. I think you're right with the guys like Yakimakis and Juranovic. It's pretty clear those guys want to go. You know the noises. I mean, Juranovic is linked with Barcelona today and yeah, Atletico yeah. Madrid. It's clear his agents doing some strong work. Another uh, one. He'll never be more valuable than he currently is. Uh, off some the back of his of the performances Cup. were unbelievable. Against Brazil, he was absolutely outstanding. Like proper, like standout individual performance at the I World Cup. I hope he gets in the material. team of the tournament, but Hakimi's up against Yeah, him. I don't think he, I, I don't think he, he was in the, the team of the tournament. I, I saw one, I don't know if it was the official one right enough, but, um, I, well, he had an up and down tournament, but he was absolutely brilliant against I want to see Alan Hutton's uh, <laughs> team of the tournament. Uh, Jürgen Klinsmann had Neymar in it. Like, come on, oh, come, come on. on. He'd <laughs> suit, can't uh, some, uh, I had some, I had a final thing like see if um, if we treat this this is only speculation for me as well but when you talk about moving players on and bringing others in and you, you're right Jamie to identify that we, we'll always have a ceiling because we're playing Scotland right so we're not going to we're never going to be selling players for 60 million right? mm. that's just it's never going to happen but if you can if phase one was Ange Postecoglou comes in brings in a load of established experienced international footballers such as Kyogo, Starfield, the ones we always kind of rhyme off, Juranovic, Yakimakis, they all fit into that bracket of the kind of at the athletic peak, mm. right? So if phase one is that and we move some of them on, next phase would probably be signing 21 year olds. Yeah. So you know, you, you've started with better than the hasn't Yeah, it? exactly. So you bring down the, the average age of your squad a little bit because these, these players are much older than you would expect Celtic to normally yeah. sign at. Um, so when Ange coming in, it was a kind of it was a bucking of the the Celtic transfer trend when he signed all these been players. A change. Yeah, there definitely has been a change. So what I could probably foresee happening is if you can get ten, well, I mean that that may be fanciful, eight to ten million for Yakima because you go and buy like a twenty one year old for mm. for five or six million per. I don't I don't know. Again, I'm only speculating, but I'm I'm, I'm imagining that is the aim because that that's always got to be a kind of growth aim with us. So I can only imagine that's what the aim is. I think for sale MD it'll be it's a plus of ten million and hopefully get that but when you're looking at it there already has been that change Bernabe's came in for 4 million and he's not a starter for Celtic he's a guy that's coming in we are hoping to develop but as well Celtic right now last season and this season if we win league we go straight into the Champions League so it's not sell a player or get into the Champions League Celtic can do both Yeah, yeah. and if we can build up our own money as well as selling players on it look we've already started it I mean Celtic won the league, got into the Champions League, and the first thing they done, Carter Vickers and Jota straight in. Yeah. That's unheard of at Celtic. It's unheard of. So maybe we have moved forward in this way. And six million before that, the, the highest fee we paid was for Edward. That was seasons before that. In between that, there's really anything yeah. over that. Whereas now, starting to do it on the regular four, five million, six million pound players. If we can start to churn this out more often, there is that risk that. Sometimes it will go well for you if you do due diligence. It will go well for you. Yeah, but because the a... risk, as Stephen said, is we sell Yakimakis, we bring in this twenty-one-year-old. But the chances that Yakimakis scores with quite regularly, he's a yeah, yeah. he's a proven scores goal scorer. Easy, he, sco yeah, he scores yeah. with ease. He's a proven <laughs> goal scorer. So when you look at the model with Bernabe, he, there's a bit of development there. So you're taking a lot of goals out of the team. You're bringing in a player that you hope to develop. That's not a like for like. That's not one in one out. That's no, you could probably different. go out and get a better all-round player than Jackie Marcus but we get somebody who scores as many goals as him that's the trade-off and yeah. what works better in Ange's team of course goals are a lot but if you can get somebody in that can do different skills for different strikers isn't it we've got some returning players Starfelt yep. came back oh aye you thought he was good Melly? yeah I thought he was excellent I know I said Aberdeen were very poor up front but that's because Starfelt and Carter Vickers snuffed out absolutely everything mm. and 
Uh, Stephen's always said, that, and I agree with him, I think Starfield's a really good defender. It's the other it's side. It's a genuine quote there. <laughs> yeah. Insights. These are the, in, these are the insights. Another guy who's good at what he does. <laughs> yeah. But he's a really good defender in the, the defensive aspects of his game. He, he rarely makes a mistake. It's more on the ball that he, he doesn't look as comfortable. But again, just snuffed out everything. Didn't give Aberdeen a second. That's him coming back. What, his second game this season, I think? And strolled it. And that's partly down to Aberdeen, but mainly down to him and Carter Vickers. And I think there was some questions coming back into this, a break and all that. Who's sort of Andrew's... Preferred mm. players, he's never going to say this is my first 11, but Kyogo's ahead of Giacomakis, Starfelt ahead of Jens, and I think you go, the preferred option. Could be Ashley ahead of Jens. I think that's what well, it's going to be. Soon, well, soon find out, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> No sign of the, the new signings just yet. Alistair Johnston and Kobayashi. So we'll see what Alistair happens Johnson's with them. Weird looking guy, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he looks a bit like Skeet Davidson. <laughs> it does. It, it reminds me of, and this is a this is a reference for anyone under thirty five. You remember dinosaurs? That uh, sitcom it was yeah. a bit like yeah. The Simpsons, but it was big animatronic dinosaurs. Yeah. He looks like the baby, and that does as well. Look like the baby, yeah. and the dinosaurs, aye. Yeah, so Starfield. <laughs> I, I thought Starfield was great, and I'm I'm, I'm still just bemused by the. The feeling about Starfelt out there. Every time we talk about Starfelt, we always get comments, and it is only the odd one, so it's, it's wrong to single out. But we always get comments on YouTube saying, Can I believe how you can I see Starfelt's a bomb scare? Michael Shirt's burning. <laughs> 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 yeah, geez, I forgot about that. Beef, remember that? Oh, I know. Awesome, but it's, I, I'm just bemused by it now because the guy's a really good defender. He really is. And mm. look, see, when you say that Aberdeen didn't attack, right? That is just a broad summation of what happened on the day. The truth is, even as negative a team as you can possibly imagine, and Aberdeen definitely were, right? They are going to attack at some points, even if they have, what was it, 19% of the possession on the day. Mm. Pitiful, right? Yes. <laughs> but that's still 17 minutes of the game they had the ball for, right? Mm. So they, they are going to attack. And the reason that it was so dominant and they get nowhere near it was because of chiefly Starfield. I think, I think he absolutely snuffed absolutely everything out. Really quick along the ground, wins everything in the air, just cutting out, Inter interceptions cutting out passes and as little as he had to defend he did absolutely everything perfectly in my opinion I think he's he's a really really good you know, player in this team and part of the best defensive partnership we've had in God yeah, knows how long because oh, there was you look back probably Van Dijk and Denier are the, the obvious comparison um, as recently as we can possibly remember but that was only one season these guys have been absolutely brilliant for a season and a half now. Yeah. Granted, Starfield's been injured a little bit this season, but the, the two of them have been absolutely tremendous together. It's great to see him come back and be so strong because you know, it, there's, there's, a, there's a difficult run of games in the next couple of weeks. Um, we've got an important game against Rangers coming up. We could see the league away early, you know, yeah. if, we, if we pick up maximum points in our next couple of games. I don't know about that, mate. Beal ball. <laughs> well, that's right. Michael Beal has landed at Rangers. We're all really terrified about it. Um, <laughs> one thing that should terrify Rangers, though, is the return of Callum McGregor oh. and Jesus Christ he was <laughs> raining hey, to go it's his birthday soon oh, it's, <laughs> well, it's my birthday first right <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, the return of Callum McGregor he was unbelievable oh, true captain's performance absolutely smashing comes in and you think right some players take a while to get back up to speed 90 minutes had more passes than the whole Aberdeen team completely dominant and you're just looking at him going so tactically aware so smart on the pitch just every time he gets the ball or every time that somebody has the ball he's available and this yeah. is what I was talking about just just before the break the three league games were Celtic won by the odd goal in each one did they and I just felt Celtic playing out it was a wee bit slower than usual mm. or they didn't quite do it as well and that's because there was no Cal McGregor I felt because when he plays in there for how brilliant Matt O'Reilly was in there and I think long term he could possibly play there but Cal McGregor unbelievable he was like peak Modric he was, yeah, he was all over the place and again you're just looking at him going what else can this guy do because if so, oh, maybe goals have been taken out of his game that performance deserved that goal from him yeah. Celtic could have won that 3-0 and Cal McGregor would have played the exact same but him getting the winning goal meant he get the praise he deserved. That was the Cal McGregor finish. We used to talk about that in the podcast yep. quite a lot. He loves that finish. The, the no backlift, no follow through, just yeah. the clip across the ball into the far bottom corner. He, he's done it so often over the years. But uh, what, what a performance. If there was any ever any doubt about how important he is for this team. And don't, don't get me wrong, Celtic can play well without him. They can do well, but it's not it's not peak Celtic yeah. it's not full Celtic without him and the team. And I feel like the World Cup has been a good example of the kind of thing that, that can happen 
there are good teams in the World Cup. The overall quality isn't massive because mm. you, you do get, just by the, the, the makeup of international teams, you do get top players and then you, there's a couple of scattered ones yeah. in there. So what, what I've found with the World Cup is that in true Lennon fashion, you pick your team and the best players do it for you on the yeah. day kind of that sort of thing. And I felt like the, the final was no different. It was it just basically became a sort of Messi versus Mbappe final. But it's like uh, another example of that came on Sunday was that you stick your best player back in the team and look look what he can do for you. It's just, it's just so important. He did absolutely everything in the game. Had the most touches, the, the most accurate passes for anyone who played over 45 minutes. Created the most chances. I think he created six chances of the... Granted, a thousand that yeah. the Celtic created. Yeah, exactly. Uh, created six chances and you know put a button on it by by scoring that an absolutely cracking winner. So a a captain's performance, and more of you know quite more importantly than that, a, a absolutely brilliant, crucial player yeah. performance. I think psychologically that was a really really strong win for us as well because I know we joked about Mick Michael coming in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and you know all this the the rubbish he's been talking the last couple of weeks. It's that is just an exercise in get telling people what they want to hear, refusing to say Celtic's name, saying that they were going to be wearing the suits before the games, and then they, lo and behold, they weren't wearing the suits. Somebody was telling me that he's copying the Ange getting the ball back in play really quick. The ball boys are really right. they're really trained and all that sort of stuff. But psychologically, they're needing us to slip up. And they, they were watching that game. He will have been watching that game. And that's a reminder of what they're up against. Uh -huh. They're watching that and they're... that is Because if if the tables were turned, I don't see Rangers scoring in that game. No, it's so many times recently as well. So mm. many times they must have been building themselves up on their forums and all that as well. And then just, I can't believe they've done it again. And but this isn't an it. accident. I, just, no, I, tweeted, not, yeah. I tweeted from 20 Minute Times account... We're going to win this. Yeah. And people are saying, oh, I wish I had your confidence. That, it's no bravado. It's no fluke. Celtic's approach to the game in the 87th minute is the same as it is to the 7th minute. Yeah. They're just as dangerous. We don't get gassed out. The opposition get gassed out. There is this we don't stop thing. It's not just a catchphrase. It's the way Ange approaches these games. We know games last 95 minutes and we just keep going and keep going and keep going and, you, and you're getting more tired and you're chasing the ball. And it's, in fact... The longer the game goes on, the more likely we are yeah. to win it. Yeah, well, again, it plays back into what we were talking about earlier about the utter futility of thinking you can get away with it. Just thinking, yeah. right, I've done it for 82 minutes, that'll do us, that's the job done. So It's like fighting, I don't know, Floyd Mayweather and your, your, your tactic is just to let him punch your head in for <laughs> however many rounds of boxing just, thing just goes run on. around the ring, basically Aye. covering your head. Aye. Aye. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, it's not the way you're going to do it and... How does it always go to boxing? <laughs> it's amazing because I, I know fucking nothing about boxing. I've never watched a boxing match in my life. But I, I insist on repeatedly bringing it up. I don't know the first thing about it. I don't even pretend to like it. But Everyone I, knows. Everyone knows we don't know the first thing about boxing here. We've demonstrated it so many times over the years. Unbelievable. Um, but I so but Rangers will be watching that. Michael Beale will be sitting watching that, and they're going to have to come up with something as well because they need us to slip up, and it's not happening. In the game of boxing, you can never let your opponent see your pieces. <laughs> Checkmate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, look, it's true that he's come in and like, the Rangers, some fans seem to be happy with that. And, like, fair enough, we've got a new manager and you hope to get that sort of bounce coming in. But the first thing that can happen is they win their game and albeit they weren't great in their game, booed off again at half time. And my mate was telling me, but they got the victory. And the next best thing after that is look, let's see how Celtic get on at the weekend. And when Celtic games getting late on, you go, do you know what? This would be ideal. We've won our game, didn't they play well? They've dropped points. That's it, down to seven points. We've got a game against them and they start to build that from there. Celtic just killed that off straight away. Mm. But again, Celtic can't stop either. We've got two games coming up uh, in the next week where Rangers play before us. So we have got a chance to either extend or stay as far away from them yeah. as we possibly can. So it's just about Celtic winning now. And paying it doesn't really matter what Rangers do because if Celtic keep winning the games... They'll just be holding them off. <laughs> I have to endure that. At least we've got Livingston in the cold during the weekend. Yeah, yeah, at least we've got that. Like, hey, it's Jamie's birthday. But... Don't, don't worry about that. Yeah, it's my birthday. Thanks very much <laughs> for mentioning it. Um, don't worry about that though, Stephen, because Dave, David Martindale, he's going to take it to Celtic. His exact <laughs> oh. words were, he's going to get it Celtic. He's going to play 4-3-3. He's going to get it as now. <laughs> I think everyone sitting here knows that's a lot of bollocks, frankly. <laughs> David Martindale has never approached the game in a positive manner in his whole life and I, I, if look if he wants to do it at Celtic we can't 
We can't be hypocrites. We can't sit here and go, why don't some people attack? And then when David Martindale does it, go, ha, 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 what are you attacking for? Aye, I mean, all for it. Big words. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see He's always happens. got a lot to say about Celtic, doesn't he? Yeah, oh, he does, aye. Right. Yeah. Uh, it'll be a, a minor Christmas miracle if they come out and absolutely blow us away with their inta- attacking mm. intent at, at Celtic Park but, but again we can't. We need to take them at face value we just need to assume that they're going to go through with this plan and maybe <laughs> maybe a ruse yeah. maybe a, a cunning ruse and they're be, going to be even more defensive than they always are I'm just looking forward to the, getting back to Celtic yeah. Park yeah, that's yeah. the main thing isn't it? Uh, it's, uh, it's irrelevant who are playing yeah, annoying it's Martindale but like Celtic have to go out and do what they do we know how these teams are going to approach the game and like, it doesn't make a difference to Celtic you can sit in you can attack us we're going to play the way we play and that's good football hopefully Haksabanovic will be back during the week and we're, we're starting to look very very mm. strong we're going into this with Starfelt and McGregor back we've also got Johnston and Kobayashi coming in uh, in January so look Celtic are flying right now mm. they were flying before the break well mate continue Okay, but that's enough of this podcast rubbish. Let's get some. I want some presents. I want some. Give me my presents, man. Right. So, right. So, I, I just confession time. Right. Okay. Confession time. We'll do mine last. Right. But right. confession time, Stephen. And I'm sorry. Yours is part of base, Melly. I bought you something pretty exceptional for, for Christmas this year. Right. Uh, and I'm not kidding on. The most wonderful right. time of the year. So, guys. Who, who bought me this? Uh, that's from me. Right. So, where's you get Stephen's one to you? Then there, it's the other red wrapping. Right. Oh. Feels yeah. saw. Is it money? Feels like money. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> it's my face and Charlie McGrew's face I'm sorry <laughs> I'm going to bring this up to the camera I can see my face and Charlie McGrew's face and I recognise this picture of my face you got I remember exactly the story I was telling when I filmed this yep. about someone that recognised me from the podcast I was standing next to them in a queue and they just kept going I'm like that, that guy recognises me, which happens quite a lot. Those are one. I feel like my face has ruined it, though. Uh, my face has ruined it because I would have just loved Charlie, Charlie to be on those. Right, uh, Melly, on you. Go. Right, let's see. Is it wrapping here? Mm. It's just, what's that? Oh, <laughs> Is that Pockies? with Tony Ralston's kitten on. <laughs> Tony Ralston in Love Hearts. <laughs> oh, not a pair of boxers. That's desperately CD. Oh, glorious. Oh, wonderful. I've got but... a new favourite pair now. Oh, uh, your girlfriend will love those. <laughs> Wear them every day. Hey, Melly, you dish out yours, you dish out yours. Right, so... Uh, that's for Stevens. I this can see is that for there. Steven. Oh, There's a wee card there. A card for as well. Yeah, oh, I feel I bad. Right, right. Well, Jamie, me and you are not animals. Swap okay. that's we, we are... sealed with all of kisses. Yes. Well. <laughs> uh, thank you to Collectible Eighty Eight for the cards. Very nice. Uh, me and you are not a- animals, Jamie. Uh-huh. We are normal men. Yeah. <laughs> who, oh. Yes. Matt Along Ray. for Christmas, the Matt O'Reilly, Matt O'Reilly card, lovely. To Stephen, Merry Christmas. If the Huns, you're more handsome than the man on this card. (laughs) Lies. Lies. Love it, yeah. Don't lie at at Christmas, really. Don't say Huns at Christmas. It's maybe a time of goodwill. I I didn't say it, I wrote it. We're not animals, Jamie. We are normal men, and these things are needed for a man. Let's have a look. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> slippers. Do you not have slippers? I don't have slippers. Hey. Famously. Uh, <laughs> all times. I'm in slippers at all times. Bet, bet they're too big for me. Uh, uh, no. one right now. No, no, they're, 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 they're size fours. <laughs> <laughs> they're your size. Let's see, let's see. There you go. Do they fit? on camera. Oh, uh, watch, watch, just watch what the view of the camera's getting here. Uh, one, one for lovely, the, lovely. There you go. One for the foot freaks. Yeah. What have you got there, man? Looks, looks right. pretty big, man. Well, Rangers have done a wee thing in their stadium, and I thought, you know what? It's not fair for them to do that, and us not to have the proper one here. So, oh. and there's a wee backstory. I went okay. to buy this, right? right? And there was another one, and I was so tempted to buy it because it was much funnier. But I said to the guy, <laughs> that one's not the same price as the rest, is it? And he said, yeah. And I, I'll tell you who it is when afterwards. Oh, so. let's see. Oh, it's weighty. It's so heavy. You've got a card as well, Well, I've got a card. Let me see the card. Just a, little bit, a good bit of wholesome, tax-deductible hilarity yeah, at Christmas, is isn't it, guys? Mine's is also swalt. Right. <laughs> um, uh, and I wanted the your better look than Matt O'Reilly card. <laughs> Mine says, Merry Christmas, Jota, with his wee <laughs> incorrect bent yes. out arm. His wee incorrect bent out arm. And my card says, Merry Christmas, F the H from your <laughs> second favourite ginger. Love me. Who's my first favourite ginger? Neil Francis. Oh, Neil Francis <laughs> Lennon, you're right. I do have a thing for gingers as well, though. So I wondered if you were referring to someone in particular there. Right, let's see. Let's have a look here. 
Oh, it's heavy, Stephen. Yeah, it is. That looks impressive. Uh, you're fucking jealous, I can tell. <laughs> this isn't the slippers, by the way, I can tell. This is... Millie, I think you spent more on sell it. You spent more on sell it yeah. than you did on ah, the gift. Fill for a couple oh, of seconds he's here. He's opened it the right way, so I've we can have a wee it, bit yeah, of tension. The big reveal. If, it is. If Rangers get a picture of the king, we get a picture <laughs> of the king. <laughs> that's lovely. Right, that's lovely. That's going up in the bedroom. Is that? <laughs> it's meant for is, in here. Is that really? Is that really signed by him? <laughs> Went all the way to Sweden for it. <laughs> so there was a number of these ones, but I thought Rangers get the king, we get the the, tro- the king of kings. Mm. But there was one of a certain Celtic player, and the guy was like, "Is that the same price?" And I was like, "Surely it's cheaper because he was the worst Celtic player ever." Shane Duffy. <laughs> Charles Michel Price for Shane Duffy. Did they have a uh, Charlie McGrew one? No, they didn't, sorry. Right, so this year, I've given the gift of knowledge uh, <laughs> to the boys. Um, Stephen, let me just let me just double check that that's the right one for you. Right, so let me just check here. Oh, I'm so good at rapping. Yeah. Got my niece to rap these, basically. Just let me just double oh, just check. pop an initial on it in the future. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yours, yeah, Stephen. So we were discussing on a recent podcast uh, football books, and Stephen doubted, you know, the the need for this particular book <laughs> in the world. He wondered why it even existed, and we positive around here. I'm not <laughs> even going to look. <laughs> <laughs> Homegrown hero by James Forrest. Look at the price. That is extraordinary. Tw- <laughs> Twenty pounds. There are about twelve words per page. <laughs> so Stephen said in the previous podcast, he goes, uh, "There's probably we've probably only sold one of those." Uh, I thought he scored I- the same number of goals now as copies sold of uh, Get Homegrown Hero. <laughs> That's a collector's item. That is a collector's item in future. I don't want to see it now, Martin Melly. This this could have been so much better because I nearly bought that. For <laughs> <laughs> Just if you could just open yours. Uh, I, know, I want you to promise me, right? Before you yeah. do it, just open it. I don't want it no on tears. E- I don't want it on eBay. Okay. Uh, I don't want any tears either. Wouldn't you? God, that would be embarrassing. <laughs> Stephen, I don't want you getting jealous. Right? Now, right. uh, what you've got there. Just uh, don't do anything. Just hold up. Show the camera. Let build some suspense. There you go. What? Do you oh. know? Oh, hold on. Do you know what you've got in your hand there? You've got a signed Martin O'Neill book. <gasps> open that front cover. Read it out. Read out the message. Martin, all the best. 2023. Yours, Jamie Flynn. <laughs> uh, you keep that. I, that'll be worth. That'll, that'll it's a, be, it is a signed Martin O'Neill. That that that'll be worth an absolute fortune in future. There you go, lads. The gift of knowledge. Oh, thank you from your friend Jamie, and that's where we will wrap up this Christmas edition of Twenty Minute Times. Thank you so much to everyone who's joined us throughout this. <laughs> This lovely year We'll be back We're not stopping Obviously the football Doesn't stop So we continue We will be through This winter break We're going to have A lot of stuff On Patreon For the Glasgow Derby Coming up as well uh, Thanks to everyone Who supports us on Patreon If you want to involve Patreon.com Slash 20 Minute Tims But most of all Thank you for watching And listening and Merry Christmas Merry Christmas Hi I'm Daniel Founder of Pretty Litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.